Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Nintendo Fuse podcast. This is episode 246, recorded on February 28th, 2022. And uh, on this episode of the Nintendo Fuse podcast, we're going to be talking about what we have been playing. Also going to be talking about the Wii U and 3DS eShops closing down pretty soon. Also, the Pokemon news that recently came out. Also, the East Asia Soft Spring Showcase and several other headlines. And uh, all that is coming at you tonight as we record this. Uh, speaking of tonight, if you have not joined us live on a podcast, we want to encourage you to do that. We re- record pretty much every other Monday night, and uh, we have a live chat room going. Uh, but it's it's time for introductions because maybe this is your first time listening in or watching the Nintendo Fuse podcast. And uh, so, I want to make sure that you know who you're watching and who you're listening to. My name is Steve, and I am joined by my co-hosts Greg and Barry. How are you guys doing, Barry? Let's let's go to you first. Uh, what have you been up to lately? <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, it's been a busy time, uh, a lot of work, a lot of exciting things in the pipeline, and uh, I'll talk a little bit about uh, one of those things later. Nice, nice little tease. I like it. I like it. Greg, how's it going? Things have been going pretty stabilized. Uh, just had a lot of time for games over the last few weeks, and we're excited to share with everybody what I've been playing. Cool. Cool. And uh, we also have a guest on the podcast uh, for this episode. Please welcome Ryan from the Game Deflators podcast. We had his co-host, John, uh, several episodes ago, and uh, now we have Ryan. So welcome, Ryan. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Uh, Thanks so much for having me on tonight. Yeah, uh, super happy to be here. Just Excited, playing lots of games, lots of Elden Ring. It's been my life this last week. Nice, nice. So, Ryan, tell us a little bit about the Game Deflators podcast and where people can find it. So, on the Game Deflators podcast, we like to talk about games we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and then every week me and John usually take a look at some game from one of his shelves, take a look at what it's going for right now, and see if it's worth collecting and putting on your shelf. Uh, So... We do that uh, pretty much on every podcast platform. You can find us at the Game Deflators. You can find us online, social media is at the Game Deflators, except for Twitter, just at Game Deflators. They don't like the. <laughs> nice, nice. So, so Ryan, uh, tell us a little bit about the things that might help get uh, our audience to know you a little better. Maybe like a little brief history of uh, how you get into video games and maybe like uh, one of your top you know, top one or two uh, favorite games to play? Uh, So, I mean, I've been a console gamer my whole life, pretty much like some of my earliest memories playing Super Nintendo. Um, I love uh, God of War, Resident Evil 4 is like my favorite game of all time. Um, (laughs) I'm not great at games, so... Uh, you can often hear John beating me at any fighting games or anything remotely competitive that we play. Nice, nice. It's it's always nice to have that friend that you know you can beat. <laughs> I'm reliable in that way. Nice. Well, uh, if you are new to the Nintendo Fuse podcast, uh, we want to encourage you to, of course, like and subscribe and hit this uh, the bell and all that stuff here on YouTube. If you have not followed us on social media, please do that at Nintendo Fuse on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And also, please join our Discord. We uh, love you guys joining our Discord. The link is on the screen for that. It's also going to be on the show notes uh, and the YouTube description as well. We just uh, enjoy having that conversation with you all uh, in between episodes. 
Uh, we also enjoy interacting with you all in the live chat. As I uh, said earlier, we have a live chat going both on YouTube and Twitch during our uh, recording sessions. So uh, yeah, we have several people that are already in the chat and, and uh, talking away already. Uh, Kevin and Jakester and Logan and uh, the jokester as well. So Man, like we anything that we talk about tonight, what we've been playing, any news that we talk about, we love interacting with you. So throw that in the, the chat and we will refer to it as much as we can throughout this episode. Uh, but uh, now it's time to jump into what we have been playing. So Barry, let's go to you first. Yeah, so uh, even though it's been three weeks since our last official recording, uh, or at least two and a half, uh, I haven't played as much as I would have liked to have played. Uh, it's been quite crazy, quite busy, uh, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, but I'm doing my daily Animal Crossing and Pokemon Unite on the Switch. Uh, still still doing that. It's more like routine at this point. Still having fun. Um, played a game called Darkestville Castle. It's a point-and-click adventure style, like old-school Maniac Mansion. Uh, you know, Grim Fandango with a lot of humor, a lot of fun. And... Uh, then that's really it on the Switch, <laughs> as shocking as that is. Uh, on the PlayStation 4, though, I did start one of my uh, New Year's Resolutions games, which was Yakuza 0, and I uh, got through the second chapter and had some fun with it. Uh, you know, it's a RPG, you get to run around, beat the crap out of people, and, like, real-time action combat. And so it's a really engaging story. But then the main story hits this, like, wall where it's a fetch quest, and it's a stupid fetch quest where they don't tell you where to go. And I spent like all this time running around the city because I didn't want to look it up. And you know, I just I felt like this is just dragged to a halt. And I'm I'm not enjoying it as much as I wanted to. And then of course, uh, Horizon came out and Elden Ring came out. And all these people are talking about these massive open world games and just having all this fun. And and because it's not really open world, it's you know contained, but it has freedom. But it's just like I kind of wanted to do that. Um, and I hadn't. Finished Zero Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, I last played it back in 2017. I stopped after like 25 hours, and I was like, I "Should probably play that again before I do the new one." So I had to boot up my PS4 Pro, sign up to PlayStation Plus to be able to send my save data to the cloud to download on my PlayStation 5, two floors up, uh, and then have to relearn the game. <laughs> so I, I started playing it, relearning the game, 26 hours in. Uh, but I, I've, I've picked up on it again. A lot of the stuff came back. I'm trying to remember the story. I remember little bits and pieces, but I'm, I've been playing that. I kinda, uh, I'll come back to Yakuza. It didn't grab me as much, but let me try Horizon. And I'm having fun with it. Although that, that climbing, the lack of just being able to climb anywhere, like Breath of the Wild, uh, is really, you know, it, it sucks. <laughs> I just, I just want to climb everything. Uh, but I'm having fun with it. And uh, on the PC front, I'm still playing Final Fantasy XIV, still going through my daily stuff there uh, and hanging out with my friends uh, with the free trials back. So if you haven't played it yet, uh, definitely try the free trial. It's an amazing game. And uh, on the mobile, still Dragalia Lost, Mario Kart Tour. And uh, that's mainly what I've been doing. Nice. Nice. Greg, how about you? I've been actually pretty busy since our last uh, pre-recorded podcast. So I've got plenty of games that I've actually completed so uh, mario kart 8 deluxe has been the most recent one i've been playing i actually just finished getting all the triple star and um, gold trophies on every single cc level so that includes the mirror and the 200 even so um 
right last played it was only I only had like halfway done on like 150 and then more recently i was starting to grind away at a few of them just to sort of catch up to my daughter who had already surpassed me in that area but it was really great to have that um finished so i got like gold mario and got like the golden cart and the golden tires did like all the time trials to beat the staff ghost for that stuff so it was really nice to get that one off my back before the dlc launches um, I was playing some uh, Demonica that me and Barry will be talking about in a little bit while there to further expand on that. Um, I finally wrapped up my Pokemon Sword and Shield experience. I got all 400 Pokemon in both Sword and Shield. So Pokemon Home was a very good help to that to make sure I could transfer over the bulk of them so I didn't have as much work to do in the other game. Um, I also had finished Chapter 5 of uh, Life is Strange True Colors. I really loved the, ep- the ending of the game and there's probably some, I almost want to do another playthrough and pick some different decisions and pick up some of the things that I missed the first time around. So I haven't quite decided like if and when I'll do that, but I had a total blast with it. And I even was able to get my brother to buy the game as well. And he's enjoyed it in addition to that. So that was really cool. Um, I also had finished uh, Rain on Your Parade. I got like a full 100% on that one. So that was like that eShop game. I think I mentioned a little bit briefly last time, but I um, got every single costume like unlocked that it, from all the levels, getting all the stars and doing all the missions and everything. So that was a very fun game and definitely recommend it to anyone to check it out. Um, then I was playing another game like this uh, Embers game, and it was a really fun game that we <coughs> are like, uh, these like little beasts called embers and you jump around and uh, you like, transform into like, a spirit to like go through different areas. And it's a really fun game so far and hoping to play some more of that, like in the future. Um, I did have a friend over recently. We fired up the GameCube and I was playing Mario superstar baseball. It's one of my favorite GameCube games. So it was great to play against another human player and <laughs> <in> that just <laughs> to keep the skills fresh up. And then finally still playing uh, Fire Emblem Heroes on mobile. So, um, yeah, so a lot of the games that I mentioned this week probably won't be on my list next week or next time. Nice, nice. Yeah, you, you got quite a bit there. Um, I'm going to go to the chat real quick uh, before we, we let uh, Ryan share what he's been playing. Uh, looks like um, people are talking about your hat, Ryan, by the way. They really like your hat. Uh <laughs> <laughs> um, for those who are listening in, he's got a pretty cool like 8-bit Mario hat. Um, let's see. Jakester's been playing Fire Emblem Three Houses, finished his fifth run, uh, doing Demon X Machina, and currently at the home stretch, continuing Pokemon's Legends, Pokemon Legends. Also did the Triangle Strategy demo and started Earthbound. So excited for uh, for Jakester to finally be able to play Earthbound on a Switch. Um, just just holding out from other three still. Um, Jokester's playing Elden Ring, uh, and uh, let's see, he got he got a steel book, so he's really excited about that. Uh, Logan has been playing Divinity Original Sin two on PC. He loved the first one. This was great too. And uh, talked to Larry and helped him out get the switch directly from them. Okay. Uh, and then Jake Jokester also says that uh, Divinity is amazing. And Logan's been playing some Bowser's Fury on Switch uh, with the qu- with the kids and also Luigi's Mansion 3. Oh, great games. Uh, Ryan, what have you been playing lately? So, <clears throat> real quick, um, Barry, last time we talked, 
we were talking new games resolution on our podcast and i'm notorious for not finishing games like i i was supposed to play persona 4 a couple years ago and that didn't happen um I already finished my new game's resolution. I beat John this year. I got Dante's Inferno oh, done and in the books. Nice. I liked it. I, I kind of uh, shorted myself a little bit on the experience. I went like full holy side on it and ignored like all the like evil side. And I missed some of like the very early skills at the bottom that were like, oh, here's a follow up to your heavy. So I went through like the whole game with just like no combo on my heavy string and just like I, I really did some things that like took some of the wind out of how good this game could have been. Like I felt like I was just beating away on enemies forever. I guess I forgot that I upped the difficulty at the beginning. <laughs> so there were just certain things that were frustrating me that were mostly user error, I guess. So uh, I got that out of the way. I, I've been so excited for Elden Ring. I started playing Dark Souls 2 because it's the only Soulsborne game that I actually own. So I was playing that for like a day and a half while I was waiting for Elden Ring to come out. And uh, I don't know. It, people don't really like that one. It's the one that I played first and didn't get like, I didn't get all the way through it, but. I think that the issues people had with it weren't really issues for me because it was just the first one that I played. And then since Elden Ring came out, I have actually had an immense amount of time to be able to actually play the game. So like my first day, I spent like 11 hours on it, wasn't really happy with my build and the way it was going and stuff. So I started all over the next day and in like three and a half hours i did what took me 11 hours the first day because there's so much just like expanse and wonderment and like oh what's that over there oh what's that over there that like once you know what you're doing and you're coming back for the second time like i think this is going to be a very revisited title in the future because you can you can beat anything if you get good enough. Like, you know, people do it all the time. There's like, a, I was talking the other day, there's a speed run where it's every Soulsborne game back to back without dying. Like, people could do crazy stuff. So, like, wow. in this game, people are really going to be able to break it open and go anywhere and get whatever kind of items. And, like, I'm really looking forward to seeing more of this game. I feel like every time I think I'm looking below the water of the iceberg, it's still just like a new part of the thing. <laughs> wow. That's incredible. Maybe, uh, maybe it's some games to look at after I finish all the, uh, life is strange games. Then. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Good goals. Yeah. There you go. Cool. Well, uh, yeah. What have I been playing? I have been playing Rocket League, of course. Uh, Rocket League, a lot more Rocket League Swipe Swipe uh, as well. Um, I did uh, play through the next uh, game, so like finished up True Colors, Life is Strange, True Colors, uh, several weeks ago, and then by Barry's recommendation, I am going back and playing them in chronological order. So I finished before the storm, uh, and uh, and didn't play the extra one yet because I'm supposed to hold off on that. Um, but uh, yeah, played through uh, before the storm and. Um, yeah, it is a different game than True Colors. I think I like True Colors better, 
And I also might, I may be biased because it's based in Colorado and yeah, that's where I am. Uh, so that was, that was really cool to have that. Um, and I think it's, it's also like one of those games that, you know, when you get into the series, the first one that grabs you has a little more nostalgia now. So I, you know, it was really cool. So I think that's why I'm a little bit, why I'm liking that one a little better too. I like the, the supernatural elements of, of the, uh, of true colors that is not really there in, in before the storm, but, uh, but still a great game, uh, as well. And, um, I told Barry, like at the very beginning, it was like, I don't know if I like this new main character that I'm playing as, um, but she did grow on me and, and you get to know her backstory and all this other stuff and you get to see why. And, uh, and she's also a teenager. So, you know, there's, there's some angst and just naturally coming along with that as well, especially if you come from a, a horrible messed up background that she's got. Um, so, so yeah, it was cool to, uh, to play through that and, uh, and everything. And so now looking at, uh, starting, uh, Life is Strange one uh soon um and uh the only bummer part like is that you know with the the remasters being delayed on switch i ended up getting it on on xbox um which means i can't really take it with me to play in the go and i'm going to be flying uh the next couple months and i'm like that'd be a great game to play on an airplane but no it's sitting on my xbox at home instead so that's the that's a downside of you know having it on the a different system other than switch so that's, you might be bad. able to uh, to knock it out because they're not terribly long games. Um, but another thing is before the storm is also set up. It's like only like a half of it. It's like set up for the first game as opposed to True Colors, which is a complete game. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then I did play the Nintendo Switch Sports Trial thing. I can't tell oh, yeah, a box yeah. about my experience with it, but I played it. So there you go. I forgot I did that too. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're I think we're so so careful of the that little fine print that most people didn't see. Uh that um yeah, like I forgot that I played it. I don't know. I think it's weird that you could you could take screenshots and rec- and screen recordings, but you're not supposed to talk about it. And like they should have like left that out if that was the case, but whatever. Um but I also played the uh MLB uh the show tech test on on Switch as well and uh it's okay. It's definitely better than uh, the other baseball game. What is it like RBI, the baseball. RBI baseball for sure? Um, it's got some shortcomings still, I think, um, but uh, but it's a lot better. Um, one thing I realized I I was playing on professional mode instead of like rookie or newcomer or whatever, and so I was having a hard time hitting the ball. And it wasn't. It was like five ten minutes go by. I'm like this is ridiculous. This is going to be a really difficult game. And I go into settings. I'm like, Oh, well that explains it. I'm on like the highest mode you can get there. Like you're coming in as a professional baseball player playing a, this game. So I just knocked it down to like rookie or whatever. And then I could hit the ball. So it was great. <laughs> so I know but, it's the bar isn't really set high, but would you say it's the best baseball game coming out for the switch? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you said, the bar is not very high. So, but yeah, it's a it's it's a cool experience. I, the the tech t- test didn't really allow me to like fully play, and I think that's the biggest thing. Like uh, with that, I'm getting into like with a lot of these like the recent sports games over the last several years. FIFA, Madden are all the same way. Um, it's so much on the simulation side of things that like simulate you owning the team or running the team and making all these trades and all that stuff that if you just want to get in and just play a game, it's actually not 
super intuitive how to just get in and play an exhibition game um with the, like your favorite favorite team um so because the the manager side of things kind of dominates all those games now um so that is kind of confusing just heads up if you're if you're thinking about playing and everything it's it's tough to kind of navigate and you have to go through all of the the stuff ahead of time like they'll show you like here's how to sign a player here's how to trade a player here's how to blah blah i'm like i just want to play as my team against someone else in baseball stop telling me how to run a team um so just a heads up that that's that's just kind of the kind of game it is so um you know if you if you want to just play baseball maybe head over to superstars baseball um like barry or like greg was talking playing on uh, on the gamecube instead um <laughs> uh, might be easier to just get into a game so well uh that's that's it for what we haven't been playing but uh, as we alluded to earlier greg and barry have been playing another game that they're going to be jumping into uh into a game chat here so i'm gonna toss it over to them and uh we'll hear a little bit more about this uh the game game they've been playing lately that i can't talk tonight you guys take it away because i'm done <laughs> so uh you know, Greg and I, we both had the opportunity to review a game called Demoniaca Everlasting Night for the Switch. This comes from East Asia Soft. And disclaimer, East Asia Soft was kind enough to provide us both with codes. So thank you very much. Um, Demoniaca is it's an interesting story where like an entire town is just like killed by demons, except your character, like like demon blood gets into your blood from your open wounds and you kind of get like reborn as like this demon warrior and you have to go into the corrupted tower of Babel and try and uncover the secrets and figure out what's going on and get some answers as to why all this transpired. And this is a Metroidvania 2D beautiful art style uh, with, with loot system and upgradable uh, gear and, and skills and stuff. Uh, Greg, what are your thoughts? Well, with the formula with Metroidvania, that already pretty much had me hooked to be like really interested in it. But um, the main thing that kind of my main issue with the thing is actually the difficulty level. Like they have a classic mode, which is supposed to promise like a super difficult experience, and then in addition they have the easy mode. And like I was having trouble just doing on the classic, and then I jumped into easy, and then even on easy I didn't make it much farther because it getting way too difficult for me to even surpass things. I'd be playing it several times. It's not just like first time and just kind of give up and like make it back to the same point and like die to the same enemy again. And that was like several times that that happened. And it kind of made me give up at that point just because I was unable to proceed. So I didn't make it terribly far into the game, but what I did play was like fantastic. It just, I felt like the difficulty spike kind of jumped up a little too high too fast at least for my liking and i know there are people out there that do like that kind of difficulty in their games but that's not something that's for me specifically so um did you kind of see that same kind of thing when you were playing i think i started with um like the lower difficulty and i didn't terribly have it hard like i I was able to defeat the enemies and stuff uh, I got to like a snake boss. I beat the snake boss, and that was 
like it just came down to pattern recognition as mo many things do but it, it just like there was one period where it was like i could just attack it at this point um to me the battles were were well except the buttons like the controls were weird because like jump was like i think r2 uh and then like you know the four face buttons were were action buttons like street fighter you know you had two two punches two kicks and you had this whole combo system which was really well done i, I just hated jumping with the shoulder button. <laughs> that was one of those things but then then i came to the real difficulty spike for me and it wasn't the combat even though that was you know it took a little bit just to get into it but it was jumping and i don't mean just jumping as in using r2 um what i mean by that is you can't grab a ledge and pull yourself up, nor can you double jump. So a lot of jumps have you jumping against the walls and bouncing off. And if you overshoot or you just hit the ledge, you fall. Like you don't just grab the ledge and pull yourself up. And I spent so many times trying to do simple jumps going back and forth up walls and like there would be an enemy at the top and it would hit me and it would just drop back down. Like, I couldn't double jump over it. Or if I tried to attack it, I, like, it, it just felt off. There was something with the jumps just felt off. And what should have been simple Metroidvania platforming that I've done in a ton of other games, it just didn't feel right. And even in the trailer, you can see at one point, like it's, it's like you do, a, she does a wall jump and just flies overhead and like lands uh, on a platform that doesn't look like they were intending to actually go for it. Uh, and it's just, I didn't realize how much I appreciated being able to grab a ledge and pull myself up uh, before until I played this game. And oh boy, uh, what a what a negative. And I, I'm like, is it just me? So I looked at some reviews and other reviews have said the same thing. So it was one of those things where, I don't know, uh, something, something weird with that. Did you find that issue yeah. at all? Yeah, a little bit, because there was like a perfectly like flying enemy and I had trouble attacking it. So then I was like, maybe we'll just try to jump over it. And then like it, that kickback would kind of like, send you backwards. And then like, so then well, maybe I can try to like go under it somewhat. And then like, you try to, like you were saying, you try to grab the ledge from below, but then like it, nope, you're just hitting a flat wall and then you just go all the way back down. So it's, wasn't the most like intuitive, like way to help traverse those games. Like, that's usually the most like critical aspect of like Metroidvania uh, games is being able to like make sure you're able to jump and do the pla uh, the platforming as needed and not always be like sent back down and to redo it like several times over and over again. Like I know Me Super Metroid's like the main <clears throat> game that's inspired like this genre completely. And trying to compare the two, it's like it's much more difficult to do in Demeca than it is to do in like Super Metroid and other games of in the genre. Yeah, and it's and that that's where I, I wound up. Like I didn't beat it. I I got frustrated. And it was something so simple as that. Um but it, it broke the flow for me. And it it really started to aggravate when I found myself spending five to ten minutes just trying to go up a shaft. Um that shouldn't take me that long or just do some platforming. And even like that boss, the snake boss you had to jump onto a ledge to attack and you had a small window. And if you jumped and you didn't land on the ledge, but you hit the ledge uh, and you just fell like it was a wall, you didn't grab and pull yourself up, you had to sit there and wait for the whole animation to go through into another shot because you couldn't get back up. And I was looking through the skill tree, like maybe there's a skill that's going to let me do this. 
Uh, I couldn't find the skill, and maybe there is, and I missed it, but it, it just, I don't know, just that, that part annoyed me. I thought the, the equipment was cool. I got different pieces of equipment. Um, there didn't seem to be a rhyme or reason. I got two of the same. I got one weaker later on than, than you know, earlier. Um, did you get any, like, equipment? Did you, did you get to play with that system at all? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I did. I found a number of different rings and other things. And since I did play both difficulty levels, like the equipment was completely different. Like it wasn't the same pieces in the same spots. And I also really appreciate like how like the mini map actually shows like the locations of some of the secrets. Um, so then you're not spending tons of time just like uh, trying to figure out if there are secrets everywhere. Like you can actually go through the game much quicker. Like oh, you, you see, there's like a secret off to the side. Like oh, I can get that, or maybe I don't even want to go for it even though you know, know it's there kind of thing. So I did really like that benefit of having the mini-map open, and that part made it like game a lot more enjoyable to me that like, was already there on the map. Agreed. Um, yeah, there, there were there were some treasure chests that I tried to get, and it involved... Like, if it was a double jump, it would have been easy. Or if there was some kind of, like, a climbing system, it, it would just... Like, I would have even accepted, like, Mega Man X style, where you jump against the wall, and you can kind of climb up the wall jumping against it. Uh, none of that. Like, you jump, and it's always a wall kick, and uh, no ledge grab. And to me, that was... And that, it's a shame, because the game is beautiful. Uh, I'm intrigued by the story. I definitely would have liked to know what was going on. Characters seem cool from everything I've, I've gotten. Uh, I did hit like w what I thought was a dead end, so I started backtracking, and backtracking was more difficult because of the jumping thing. Because like I fell down a couple ledges to get where I was, and then trying to get back up was just a nightmare. And after a little while, I was like, I'm done. Like <laughs> I want to go more, but it's too frustrating and it's just time consuming. So I, you know, I'll save my final thoughts. I'll let you go with your final thoughts first, Greg. Yeah, overall, I. Obviously, I was already saying the difficulty wasn't for me, but I would definitely recommend it for people that like difficult games and like Metroidvania games. Um, combo systems are not like the best for me either. That's kind of my problem with some other games that use those kinds of systems, like not fighting games. So it's not like also something that I look forward to a lot, like in the games that I play. But I could still easily recommend it for. I can see a lot of people having a lot of fun with this one because there's definitely lots of challenge to be had. And like, like you were saying, the game is absolutely gorgeous. The music is fantastic. The story is very intriguing and interesting. And I wish there was an easier way to go through the game just to experience like the story and not have to worry about the difficulty spikes that we were experiencing. Yeah, I think this game could be fixed with with a patch. I think. They could change just a few little things, and this game would be incredible. Um, this is uh, $14.99, I think, uh, digital. Yeah, $14.99 digital. I do know that VGNYsoft is going to be putting out a physical copy. Um, so I'll be getting it. I'll be buying it again on the physical. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where if you like Metroidvanias and you want to give it a challenge, you know, want to give it a try with the challenge of the jumping and the combat, uh, I, I could say I could recommend it, but if you take that recommendation, you download it and you get frustrated by the jumping, don't say I, I didn't tell you about it. Or if you get difficult with the, the combo or the, 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 the challenge of the difficulty, don't say Greg didn't warn you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But Fully thank agree. you again to East Asia Soft, um for, for giving us the codes. And, uh, you know, that's our take on Demoniaca.
Cool. Thanks, Greg and Barry, for that uh, game chat. And uh, yeah, if you guys have uh, played the game, let us know what your thoughts are in the in the chat and the and uh, the comments later as well. Uh, Ryan, have you played this game at all? No, there was a lot of work to say that I have not played this game. <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah for you guys that are uh listening after the fact we have edited out the uh the portion where um we had an issue with uh with ryan's mic not un- unmuting itself and so uh within the system and everything so uh so yeah she won't hear this after the that section after the fact but uh we had some technical issues which which happens sometimes um well, let's uh let's move into uh the news discussion and uh yeah like we we got some we got some big stuff to talk about. Uh, specifically, uh, we're going to start off with this discussion around the Nintendo 3DS and Wii U eShops are going to be closing down in March 2023. Nintendo of America tweeted out uh, on February 15th that as of March 2023, uh, 2023 uh, it will no longer be possible to make uh, new eShop purchases on the Wii U and 3DS family of systems. And uh, essentially how that's all going to go down is as of March or sorry, May 23rd of this year, 2022, uh, you can no longer use a credit card to add funds to an account in the eShops on the Wii U or 3DS. And then as of August uh, 2020, uh, 29th, 2022, so later on this year, you can no longer use uh, an eShop card to add funds to the accounts. And then officially, uh, you're not going to be able to access um, uh, download games or anything like that as of March 2023. And I know that uh, you know we've talked about uh, this when other systems go down and everything. I know... Uh, Barry has a, has a couple thoughts around the, this is why we, this is why we need physical games, um, as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is, I, I'd love to just kind of chat about this you know, we can, you know, feel free to go on, on any rants you want to around this, but, uh, yeah, just really unfortunate. Um, I think for, for this, and I think the biggest thing from, from my perspective is we talked about this in discord as well Is like there, there needs to be another option. I think, you know, there's, I'm not saying that we should have, you know, digital games. I think digital games is a, is a really big benefit. It's great. Um, it's really nice. I've, we've talked about the benefits before of being able to have, you know, uh, be able to download all these games to my switch and just take it on the go and not have to worry about cartridges. But at the same time, like, man, like a lot losing access to these games. If you, if you haven't downloaded them already and the 3ds and the, and the Wii U, especially like, you have to have them. They're all tied to that system, like and like they tried to implement the the account thing, but I don't really know how if it's really clear and it's all this different stuff. And so I think they're improving in the future, but there's a lot of games that you know unfortunately are going to potentially go away and never have the access to to play those games again. So I feel like there's something we've got to be able to do. But uh, before we jump into you know possible solutions and talking that sort of thing, um, because we know Nintendo's listening in and you know, they're, they're waiting for our ideas. Um, <laughs> we're going to give them anyway. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'd love to know just your thoughts on, on everything. Um, of course we'll go to Barry first. And, uh, I think, I think I know the, the basic idea of what last. you're saying for sure. Uh, no, I'll let you go first and, uh, and share, <laughs> share exactly what you're thinking. <laughs> 
I mean, I've heard people say this is too soon, and I can agree with that. I mean, uh, the Wii U and the 3DS. I mean, 3DS had games, what, as late as in 2019. Um, and there's still digital games coming out for the Wii U and the 3DS. Um, few and far between, mind you, but there's still a few. But anytime a digital storefront goes away, there are games that are lost. There are games that are never brought over. And they're, you know, game preservation is so big. And it, it really... You know, it really needs to be done. Like we need, we need to be able to have some way to play these games in the future, whether it be physical, whether it be digital, whether it be some kind of download. I don't know how, but there has to be a way. And the same thing happened with Sony when Sony announced the Vita and the PSP and the PS3 would go down. Uh, Sony backpedaled with the PS3 and Vita. They let PSP go out, but they backpedaled. But what we saw when that happened was a lot of PS3, Vita, and PSP games go up in value. Well, we're seeing the exact same thing now with the Wii U and with the 3DS. We're seeing games jump. And one big one, for example, is uh, Fire Emblem Fates. The collector's edition has over doubled to tripled value in the span of a week because it was the only way to play Revelations when this goes away. And that's really shows that there is a demand for this stuff. There's a demand to be able to play this stuff when it goes away. And, you know, there's almost no reason not to have some kind of backup, some kind of way to preserve it, some kind of alter. Now, transferring everything to the Switch, keep it going forward, would be a great thing. That would be ideal. But Nintendo likes to make all their systems with gimmicks. And you have the two screens with the 3DS and the 3D with the 3DS and the gamepad with the Wii U. And it doesn't allow a lot of games to go forward, unfortunately. So I don't know. The solution is keep it on forever. Um, make more physical. Start start getting some physical compilations out there. Uh, you know, like you say, Steve, digital games are great. I have nothing against digital games. I, I you know, I, you know, if, it, if certain games, you know, developers don't have the money. I know physical games are expensive to make. Uh, insider information, uh, and it's not feasible for indie developers to get their games physically without a, pu a publisher. And at least they get their games out there. But it's accessible. And once it becomes no longer accessible, then it's lost. And we've seen so many games lost, whereas you look at older generations, you can go back and play every NES game. You can go back and play every Super Nintendo game. You can play them on the systems, you can play them through emulation, but a lot of these games you can't. And there's just so many. Every year there's more and more games. There's more and more games lost. That's years of work and passion and love that you can no longer experience unless you've previously downloaded it. Mm -hmm. And that's a shame. Yeah, it is. Greg, what's your thoughts on all this? I mean, it's completely agree with Barry. I mean, it's just a really shame that a lot of these are going away. I've been watching... <clears throat> And listening to some other um, YouTubers talk about some of the games that are going away, and it's like even some of the virtual console games are like a big deal. Like there's the um, Game Boy Advance games that are on the Wii U, and those have never really been – they're not anywhere else. Like you can't play them on Switch. You can't even play them on 3DS. You can't even play them on like the DS or whatever. So unless you have the original cartridge, which those seem to like always – continue to skyrocket in price. I mean, no one's going to want to spend a hundred dollars on 
an old Game Boy Advance game when they could have just bought it for $10 on Wii U. So it's completely, like, it's really dumb that they are making, like, the physical media, like, skyrocket in value, like that Barry was saying. So, and then there's even the games that you don't even, that we'll never even see again, like the Fluidity games that were on 3DS were fantastic. And Pushmo was their awesome series, and Dylan's Rolling Western, and all these were exclusive ones that Nintendo made that are not physical. So they were really great games, and like people won't be able to experience them going forward unless they download them before the state. So mm-hmm. that's obviously a real shame there. So that's never hurts. Yeah, it's not good to see games going away, and I guess gotta get the games while you can. <laughs> yeah. Three fourths of the Box Boy series is going to be gone at this point. Mm-hmm. Three fourths of the thing, because three of the games are on the 3DS, and Japan got a physical, but America didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that's that's a shame. Yeah, that's a Nintendo to, uh, IP, like Greg points out. <laughs> right, you got baseball with the uh, real deal baseball. It's going to go away. <laughs> It's not that good, but it's fun. Um, rusty, <laughs> rusty. <laughs> uh, Ryan, what do you think about all this? So, I mean, I was never really huge into like building up a big collection. I was also always very kind of sketchy of all digital games. I've since kind of transitioned to purchasing a lot of my games digital, but like without even thinking, I bought Resident Evil Eight. Boom! Like online, I didn't even think about going to the store. Because the convenience is there. But like I'm all about, you know, we need game preservation and, and all that stuff. And I think in the long run, it's gonna be mostly up to the community and maybe trying to team up with developers rather than publishers, because I don't think the publishers really care at the end of the day. But the devs, like, you know, they should be doing some kind of effort to try to keep some original version of the game in some place where it's like somebody you know has it in a lockbox with a key this goes live if his heart stops or something Mm -hmm. you know like there needs to be some kind of system like right now um yeah going back and buying uh all the best gba games is ridiculous but you can also go on amazon and for a hundred dollars you can take your pick of any retro emulator console that will play all of those games. So I think like we could find some way in the community to get some creative tech heads out there to make some like, you know, here's a $150 3DS that will run original hardware or something. You know, it's probably not going to happen next year, but 20 years from now, if these files are around in some way where you can get them online, people will find a way to play them. And it's not piracy if Nintendo's not selling it. Yeah. You know? If, I think if Nintendo would argue at that point. Available, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, if they're not going to make it available for you to buy, like, I don't have any, you know, qualms about doing it at that point because there's no choice. Right. You know? Like, <laughs> If Nintendo could build some kind of super database that has access to all the games and make some crazy Nintendo Retron 64 that plays every console and has three screens and you need five hands to hold the controller properly, like they would do it because people would buy it. But 
you know, until that future comes back around, like, I think it's up to people to, you know, do what they can as a community because the, they're not going to help us. They don't care enough to, to try to save this stuff for themselves. Always about what's newer and shinier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And this is why it's so difficult to really look at those subscriptions on Nintendo switch online, because like there's games that have been on the Wii and the 3ds virtual console that are not even on the service yet. Like, why is like the why are those games like not being easily ported over? I mean, we know Nintendo's got a huge vault of every single game ever released. Like they have like all the source code and been able to like help other companies like do like their remasters and stuff, but they can't have easily have like this virtual console service or even like their Switch Online service have more than like twenty games in it. It's like kind of really ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think that's just about spending money. Nintendo is a very cheap company for the most part. And if they don't have to spend extra money, they're not going to. But that's, you know, talking about, you know, the devs wanting to uh, preserve things. Uh, Sometimes even if they want to, computer hard drives go out, source codes are destroyed, uh, games are lost. And like some games, the only way now, because the source code is gone, to play them is the original physical copy because they can't make uh, a lot of the Saturn games, for example, the source codes for those are gone. Uh, You know, we got Panzer Dragoon on the Switch and PS4, but that was a remake because the original source code is gone. Panzer Dragoon Saga, again, Sega can't just port it. Why aren't they porting that game? It's worth over a thousand hours because the source code is gone. Uh, when, When Okami... Uh, came out, you know, on on the PS2, and then the Okami was put onto the Wii. After that, the Wii version is fully rebuilt. They lost the source code for the PS2 version. They had to rebuild that game from scratch to get it on Wii because it was the demand for it. And the Okami HD is based off of the Wii version because they had that source code still. But in order to rebuild the source code, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of resources. Companies aren't going to just do that and put that money in there for preservation when they're not going to make anything back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's got to be some sort of solution that I like. And, and it is unfortunate. Barry, you said at the beginning too, like it, I love the way Nintendo innovates and everything, but their gimmicks mm-hmm. like really make it unfortunate that you can't just easily port those games over to the newest system. You know, I'd love to be able to just like, like let- yeah, okay, here's our back catalog, but How's that going to work on some of those games? Well, that's what made I mean, like the N64 somebody... so tough. Too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Go ahead. A controller. Go on, Ryan. Uh, somebody has to be smart enough to be able to make a way where you can hold your Switch in your hand as the bottom screen and then have the dock play the top screen of the game and you've got a 3DS on your couch or basically a Wii U. Like, there's no way that you can't have multiple screens like that set up in some genius way. Mm-hmm. I mean, remember when Nintendo launched the Wii U and told us we were going to be able to buy a second gamepad so you could do two players? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That. Remember that? <laughs> Emperor Fard remembers that. <laughs> that never came to fruition. <laughs> yep, yeah. I still remember Reggie making that announcement. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that yep. never happened. <laughs> 
Uh, let's go to the chat real quick and see. Uh, looks like Jokester says video games need to be preserved. Uh, it's really a bummer that they deleted a, a part of the article that it makes uh, pretty much says that um, said just uh, pay for this sub. And if you want classic games. Um, yeah. And uh, he's always surprised that Nintendo didn't put a 3DS card slot on the, the Switch. It would have been given the uh, 3ds a longer lifespan is interesting that you know they did that with the the ds um and then 3ds and everything but they decided to go away from that uh Faleen also says never been a fan of digital ever since sony decided that they wanted or didn't want to carry a few games he'd bought uh anymore and um always buys physical when possible uh which is uh definitely barry's stance on that as well um for a lot of reasons, but one of these is this is one of the main reasons. Um, when you've said this that on many many episodes of the podcast is like this is why. So you can still play those games if you have the the physical copy. Um, let's see, Jokester also uh, knows you have it. You can still buy it, right? That's true as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Jokester says he knows a developer that is still working on releasing 3ds and Wii U titles, uh, and those games will be lost. Yeah, that's crazy. Like up into this point, you may have had some developers that were still trying to put their maybe their passion project on that system, thinking that they still had a life ahead of them. And all of a sudden they're like, nope, we're going to put a stop to that. And you're like, now what do you do? Do you try to port it over? I hope they can. But sometimes it's not that easy. Um, yeah, it's so many, so many issues that I think are are you know generated when you when you do something like this and and I just wonder, yeah, is there some way, um, some way that they can actually, you know, keep this stuff around? A lot of people are asking about uh, DLC and stuff as well. Nintendo has stated yep. for at least the foreseeable future that you should be able to still download DLC uh, for those games. But at what point are they going to take that down? And so some of those games, yep. like you've you've talked about, Barry, is like you buy the physical, you know, box, but it comes with a downloadable code. Well. Like, well, you tried to go physical and now you get a downloadable code and that you can't download anymore. You know, what happens when well, that stuff takes place or the that's, or the that's fixes, the happen. patches, all that stuff? Well, I mean, if you look at older games, they never had DLC. They never had patches. So when you bought the game, that was it. But a lot of games did have revisions and they were usually minor things. Uh, and most people don't realize, you know, even NES game, there are different versions on different carts. Uh, sometimes it's just a label variant difference and, you know, and, and in the game, it's like a bug was fixed. Um, these are minor things. It's not like the original version isn't playable or anything like that. Uh, you can see one very noticeable on the N64, which is Ocarina of Time. You have the gold cart, you're going to get the red blood and then, you know, and the, the fire temple music. And you get, you know, a player's choice one and the blood is now green and the fire temple music has changed. Uh, it's minor things like that. It's not like full DLC content, but it's it's updates. Um, Nintendo's still doing that to this very day um, with Switch games. Uh, and the most recent example that I discovered was Mario Aces. Uh, when that game came out, there was a like a year or so of DLC. It was like 14 characters they gave you for free and new modes and stuff like that. Well, if you bought the physical when it came out, you got the original characters and you didn't get any of those unless you downloaded them. But when they reprinted the game, they actually reprinted it with the latest version. 
So if we were to go to GameStop right now and buy a brand new copy or Walmart or wherever, the odds are you are going to get the updated cart where you put it in and all those free characters are now on the cart. It is the complete game preserved. And that's, I mean, they should advertise that, but at least they're doing it silently. They are preserving it. So you are getting the complete game. And, you know, with DLC, that's always going to be an issue. And if you look at the 360 PS3 Wii era, specifically PS3 360, a lot of games is when they started doing the Game of the Year editions. And it would be like, oh, you know, afterwards they'd re-release it, Game of the Year edition with all the DLC. And when you opened it up, it was a different print on the disc and it had all the DLC. And if you look at the PS4, the Xbox One generation, they would do the same thing, except when you opened it up, it was the exact same disc that they originally printed with a download voucher code. It wasn't a real Game of the Year edition. It was just a different artwork on the outside. It was the same print of the disc. And that's sad. Mm-hmm. And there are some 360 games. One I could think of immediately is Marvel Ultimate Alliance, where on 360 they put out a gold edition with DLC characters that they actually lost the rights to and were off the 360 shop. You couldn't download them, and I don't think you can now. But if you got the original, like the, the reprint, the gold edition the, of that disc, you got the DLC on the disc. And that's the only way to play those characters uh, as of now. And that means at least they're preserved. Had that disc not come out, that, that content would be lost. You would not be able to play it unless you had downloaded it at the time. And that's a shame because every single week we see it. There's more and more and more games every single week. It's impossible to play them all. So to find that one person that downloaded that one game with the one DLC, it, you know, it's really, really tough. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's, I stress even more so now it's important to get the physicals. Uh, especially physicals with complete on cart or complete on disc where you are preserving that whole thing and not do it like Nintendo in limited numbers like the Fire Emblem Fates collector's edition where they did one print of that and that was it because Nintendo seems to think we hate video games for some reason. (laughs) Um, That's stupid. And that's why it's going up because there's not a lot of copies out there. And that's now more desirable than ever because it's the only way an entire Fire Emblem game is going to be lost. An entire Fire Emblem game. That's a, that's a top-tier franchise right now. Uh, Zelda already, you know, um, the Four Swords anniversary is going to go away. The, the, you can still play the original base game on the GBA, but the single-player, all that added content in the anniversary, gone. Zelda content is going to be wiped off the planet, and you will never be able to get it again <laughs> unless they decide to re-release it. You know, uh, Greg was talking about the Mario Advance you know, uh, Mario Advance 4, which is Mario 3, has all these extra levels. And if you play it on the Wii U and download it, you get all those extra levels. If you buy the physical on GBA, you don't get those levels unless you buy the physical e-reader cards, which means you need an e-reader, and those cards are very rare and hard to find and expensive. So it's still technically possible, but it's much more cumbersome. Mm-hmm. All this stuff is just going to go to the ether at this point or be very hard to get. And yeah. it sucks. And those are Nintendo first party. Forget about the indies. That's a whole nother can of worms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, well, in terms uh, of like the Nintendo first party, they could easily just do like a NES classic and not like an actual console, but like a cart, like a actual like cart you'd put in the switch and have like whatever 30, 50 games on there or whatever. And just a collection. Like here's classic games that you've really wanted from whatever, we even and other ones we've already modernized to have all the features like that should they, be they could. easy sell gangbuck 
gangbusters. Like, but this is this is Nintendo. <laughs> They're not going to do it. This is the same company that thought, I know, only 500 people in all of North America is going to want a Zelda or Mario Kart game. <laughs> They're not going to do that. Look at us crying for Mother Three. They're not going to do that. We had to do Operation Rainfall to get Xenoblade, and we still never officially got uh, Last Story or Pandora's Tower. Xseed had to bring those over, and those are Nintendo IP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk uh, in the future. You know, when it gets close to those days, we'll have you know maybe a little bit of a you know memory time and you know talk about our uh, our the Wii U games and 3DS games we'll never be able to play again. But yeah, anything else come to mind that you're like, man, that just like you know, like if you haven't downloaded a 3DS or Wii U game, like a specific one, any of them jump to your mind uh, that people should be getting on while they still can. Anything come to your guys' mind that you haven't mentioned already? Uh, I might do Pokemon Rumble U. The game's terrible, but I have all those figures. And if I don't download it, then I'll never be able to officially use them for anything because that game never got released physical and another Nintendo IP game lost. Mm-hmm. I was really looking into doing like the, what that Pokemon Transfer Depot thing or whatever mm-hmm. and like the older Pokemon things because I know you can get like red, blue, and yellow on the 3DS eShop and some of the older ones that I haven't even played. And there's not really a way I want to spend like 50, upwards of $50 per game just to get the original Game Boy cartridge. That's a good point. So like that, that, that app is really the only way to be able to eventually transfer the old games. Like it's a convoluted way to do it, but that's really the only, yeah. that's the link in between. Like once that goes away and you can't download that anymore, there's no way to get those old games, you know, those, those Pokemon transferred over to new games. Yeah, it's courtesy of Good Vibe Gaming or Good Vibes Gaming. I watched uh, um, John, one of the guys from Game Explained. He did like a whole video on 3DS stuff and was basically saying any of the Gen One through Five of Pokemon are going to be effectively gone forever because you can't transfer them to modern times without the 3DS app, mm-hmm. and because that can actually go to Pokemon Home, and then Pokemon Home allows you to actually maintain stuff going forward because you can move to like Pokemon go or sword and shield or whatever from there. So, yeah. 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 It's really, uh, it's going to be sad. Um, hopefully there's something that comes along either. Hopefully Nintendo comes up with some sort of solution. Um, or, uh, or maybe, you know, some other, you know, third party, you know, something developed in, in someone's basement that might, uh, <laughs> it can help us, uh, you know, preserve these games, um, for sure. Something's needs to be done for sure. Uh, and so many people in the chat, I've, I've lost count of people that are like, this is why I go physical. This is why I go physical. This is why I'm going physical. Um, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm there with you. I like that in the, in, in our now, like finally Nintendo has come along enough where things are attached to your account now and not just your physical switch because like that's a pain because like if your 3ds gets broken like well isn't that Mm -hmm. like it's it's attached to that physical system like you can't just go to the thing and like sign into your account and re-download the games like you can with the switch which is nice like finally they made that jump but let's say you do, you're, you're diligent, you download all the games you already purchased, you've got them on some SD cards, great. Well, if that SD card gets destroyed or your system gets destroyed, sorry, you're out of luck. Like, ah, that's so tough. Like, and this is from coming from a person that loves, loves digital games. I love the convenience of it. Um, but uh, it's really, it's really hard to hear. Sure. 
Uh, Ryan, any any closing thoughts uh, before we move on to our our next uh, news article tonight? No, keep it rolling. All right, cool, cool. So uh, some good news uh, happened uh, just uh, yesterday, I think it was. Uh, we had a little Pokemon uh, Direct, Pokemon presentation, and uh, several different things were announced, uh, but the big thing is the next generation Pokemon game is going to be coming out later this year in Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. So uh, we don't really know a whole lot uh, about this game, um, but uh, it is coming and uh, this will be the next generation. So, um, yeah, for those of you that are kind of waiting, like they've been remakes and the legends and all that stuff. This is the next generation. This will be Gen 9 of uh, the Pokemon franchise and coming late 2022. 2022 um this year is getting packed with games guys it's getting crazy um but uh for those of you that are wondering uh the starters are some names that i'm probably gonna mispronounce did you guys actually hear them pronounce these um at all or am i just gonna have to butcher these and probably be wrong butcher them away butcher them away all right here we go i'm gonna go with sprigatito that, that that sounds right sure Maybe. I don't know. This is a grass type Pokemon um, that's going to be, uh, yeah, one of your starters. Uh, kind of looks like a like a cat. It's a it's a cat type Pokemon. And also Fu Fucoco. I'm going to I'm going to skip that that first that E there. I'm thinking it's going to be Fucoco. Um, that's your uh, fire type Pokemon. It's a croc type Pokemon. Uh, and uh, then I'm going to go with Quaxley. Quaxley is the duckling Pokemon and uh, kind of has a striking resemblance to uh, a certain Disney character, I think. Um, but uh, those are your three starter Pokemon, and uh, it looks pretty, but we don't really know a whole lot about it yet. Um, but from what we have seen, what do you guys think? Greg, you're, let's go to you first. You're, you're newly uh, you know, indoctrinated into the Pokemon world. You're going all out with, uh, with this game, collected all the Pokemon. So are you excited about this, uh, this Gen 9 game? I certainly am. Like right before this podcast, I had a FaceTime with my daughter and was like, oh, they announced like the next Pokemon games and showed her like the starters like, oh, look, they're so cute. And like she really wants really like the cat one. And um, she wasn't that was like that one definitely seemed to really intrigue her the most and will probably be one that she'll pick up later this year. So I was kind of surprised they're actually going back to like colors with like Scarlet and um, Violet as most recently they've done whatever like stone and moon and um, like sword and shield and like all these other things that are not color. So it's certainly very interesting to see. It's like a callback to form and based on like what we do know, it seems like it should be incorporating like some more stuff they've done with like Arceus and stuff as well. So that's definitely sounds very interesting and very excited to see where they'll go with that. This latest generation. Yeah, absolutely. Ryan, are you a Pokemon fan? So I've got a tumultuous history with Pokemon. I <laughs> love Pokemon as like an IP and a franchise, and I am so here for it. But I lost my way with the games long ago. I've beaten less and less gyms <clears throat> per game, per release. And uh, my biggest takeaway from all this new announcement is that that alligator looks like an apple. <laughs> Like it looks like you cut an apple in half and that's the face of this gator. And I don't know why that's not like the headline story here. Like even the little hair piece is like a perfect apple stem. 
that actually reminds well, me like on that call with my with, <laughs> on the call with my daughter she almost thought it was like appleton was like the one of the starters from pokemon sword and shield like the an actual apple pokemon <laughs> yeah well nice. i i would be in love with this game if it brought me back to the series like i talked to um John every week he's still playing Arceus and loving it and it's just not I don't think it's for me I'm going to buy it and play it eventually once I get some time uh, and see if it grabs me I would love for this to bring me back into Pokemon though mm-hmm. that would be great yeah yeah I agree yeah um yeah I'm, I'm kind of with you like i played a lot in the very beginning and with each generation i'm playing less and less and there's certain games along the way that brought me back in but not like it used to be and so uh yeah i mean if if, if they end up bringing you know the best of arceus and all these other things like it could be the thing that pulls me back in um it is really exciting and uh this this whole like trailer is just it just shocks me i like it like it's a weird but cool trailer they did. <laughs> so it's pretty awesome. Um, and I, it's crazy to me. Like you said, like the Apple thing, I don't know how they keep coming up with Pokemon ideas. Like, it's just, just crazy. They're, they can still like, I don't know how many Pokemon actually exist nowadays, but it, it's gotta be so many. Um, Barry, what do you think about uh, Scarlet and Violet? Yeah. I'm like, you guys, I have a very weird history of Pokemon. You know, I like, you know, beat the first one, you know, beat the second and, only got like halfway through the third and then got a yeah, quarter of the way through the fourth and then didn't even play the fifth. It's a, like, you know, I did the same thing, you know, sword and shield I played, but like diamond and pearl, I didn't touch uh, Arceus. I absolutely loved uh, because that was the game I wanted as a kid, you know, in high school and N64. Um, and if they do more of Arceus, I am there. I all down. I will day one. I will play that because I really fell in love with Arceus. Uh, I think they did so much right with that game. It's not perfect, but they did so much right that I want to see them build upon it. <clears throat> if they go back to like the way it was in the classic games, but just open world, I'll be kind of upset. Like I like the ability to you know, not have to fight every Pokemon. You could sneak up and catch in that strategy and the Pokemon try and attack you and run away and like that that real open world aspect. I hope they keep that. I hope they, they just evolve from Arceus. And the graphics certainly look better than Arceus, so that's a that's a plus. Uh you know, I I think Arceus was an experiment. They put it out there early enough that if people didn't like it, they had time to change Gen 9. And if people really liked it, they had time to double down on Gen 9 with the Arceus stuff. Uh, That's a hypothesis, but it just seems logical. Uh, I know some people were like, oh, this is so soon. Uh, Sword and Shield was 2019, so it's really not that soon. Diamond and Pearl are remakes, and they were handled by a different team. So, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm I'm there for it. I want to see how it plays. I want to see how it how it works uh 2022 is crazy i did not expect a gen 9 reveal uh but yeah i'm i really hope it brings me back and you're talking about greg you're talking about the colors i I read an interesting theory and of course this is a theory is that it's that someone believes that pokemon is done in four game arcs 
Um, so the first arc started with red, blue, green, yellow, and then ended with diamond and pearl. And then the second arc started with black and white, more colors, and then ended with sword and shield. And now we're on the next arc, uh, again, back to colors. Hmm. Uh, it's kind of like starting fresh, starting from, from a new, you know, kind of deal. I'm like, that's interesting. A return to form. I, maybe, maybe there's a theory behind that. Who knows? So that's true. something I figured I'd throw out there, you know, it's just something to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as I start the Scarlet name, I go, Oh, is this a, a remake remake kind of thing going back to red and instead of, you know, green to be purple, but you know, um, like, Oh, is this kind of uh are, are they kind of rebooting in a way? Um, and maybe they are, I don't really know. Um, we don't really know much at all about, <laughs> about the game too much right now. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I also thought it was interesting to, uh, to bring up the, the scarlet and, and violet names. After Legends and like the success of the sales on that, do you think that they really need to lean back on this, hey, we got to have two copies and you can still only have one save file? Like, I think some of those like things could use a revamp, like the outside of game ways that they push the games could, you know, be changed. They're always going to have two copies for mainline games because it sells double the copies. <laughs> like yeah, they're not going to turn down those sales. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I I hear you there, right? It would be interesting, yeah, to see them change some stuff up. Um, but yeah, I think like Barry said, like it's it's money. That's the reason why they're they're going to keep with that probably. Um, but uh, I but mean, it is, Pokemon it, was all about trading. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's true. If it, it, it's nature you do want to kind of have a reason to trade. And so that means, you know, yeah. two little bit different copies of the games. So there is a reason to trade um, beyond, you know, just the other stuff. Yeah. I'm just glad that Fire Emblem didn't go down that same route because they had like the two double on uh, 3DS and then now it's been back to just a single game again. So glad they aren't it doubling down double on trade here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was yeah, birthright and yeah, birthright it was fates, yeah. Birthright and conquests were mm. but it wasn't a double cartridge. It was three revelations. That's true. Yeah. Three separate games. And Pokemon, there's a lot of times three as well. So <laughs> um Yeah. Going to the chat, uh, looks like uh, sometimes four, yeah. Uh, Jakester said that uh, he gives the Pokemon Presents a zero out of ten because no Pokemon sleep um, mentioned at all. Which, uh, yeah, is that still a thing that we know? Is it just speculation at this point? Like, maybe it's still a thing? It's just like you can maybe. buy the it's second, the second Wii, gamepad. Yeah, the Wii Vitality Sensor. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, let's see. Looking through there, Jokester says that uh, Kingdom Hearts Pokemon Edition is what he uh, says. I uh, can't wait to catch a Donald Duck. That's that's what I was thinking when I when I saw that. Um, let's see, uh, Jokester's uh, yeah, uh, Sprigatito, Tito, whatever uh, got right. Fukoko was wrong, and Quaxley was right. I'm guessing he's talking about my pronunciations. Um, or maybe he's just saying that's they got those right and some of them are wrong. Um, I'm going to go with that one. Uh, that way I didn't mispronounce them. 
<laughs> um, and said, uh, yeah, he's not excited about it. Um, not a big fan of these starters. Uh, Hassan's in the chat. Welcome, Hassan. Uh, Hassan's our old host of the podcast and uh, said that starters look interesting. Just needs to see their final evolutions. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how they do evolve as well. And uh, yeah, a lot more people talking about their their funky looks and looking like apples and and uh, chili peppers, apparently, as well. Uh, so um, Hassan said that Pokemon Sleep was mentioned in an interview recently. So it's still a thing. Oh, that's cool. So uh, I'll have to we'll have to look that up and, and check out what Pokemon Sleep is going to be all about. Um, but uh, on the opposite side of Sleep, uh, Pokemon Go uh, got uh, some updates, and as well as uh, several other games. So um, first off, that uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus is going to receive a Daybreak update. Uh, and that's going to be, that was a free update that dropped, uh, that day. Um, and it's a mass outbreak of Pokemon across the region. Um, so that happened and there's going to be an additional, uh, update coming later. Also Pokemon brilliant diamond and shining pearl players can now claim, uh, an item called Oaks letter as a mystery gift. Uh, the Alolo region uh, Pokemon are going to arrive in Pokemon Go on March 1st. So uh, tomorrow, as we're recording this today, it'll be tomorrow when they start to drop in there. And uh, Pokemon Unite also got uh, full Fury battles um, that let you fire off your Pokemon's moves uh, over uh, and over. Um, and the mythical Pokemon Hoopa has also joined the game and there's a Pokemon day event going on, uh, currently where you can actually try out pretty much any Pokemon you want in the game. Uh, and also Duraludin, I don't, that's right. Probably mispronounced that too. Um, but anyhow, that's going to be coming to the, to Pokemon unite at a, a later date. So, uh, yeah. What do you guys think about the rest of these, uh, Pokemon announcements? Um, and, uh, did anything maybe stand out, uh, to you when you, when you heard the rest of these announcements from the Pokemon presents, um, let's go to you first, Ryan. Um, so most of the other announcements were all like stuff that I've heard of, but like, never really checked out. I mean, I played Pokemon Go like a while ago, but never checked out Cafe Remix. And uh, I thought Unite looked really interesting, but I haven't checked that out either. It's mostly just like, I guess, I, I'm always excited for other people to get great stuff. But, you know, mostly when it comes to Pokemon, I always kind of like turn my expectations down because... I'm always excited to see new character designs and where they're going, but I don't pay too much attention to what's actually happening in most of the games. Yeah. 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 Barry, what'd you think? Uh, yeah, honestly, I'm happy with a lot of this stuff. The, the legends update isn't huge. Um, you know, alpha outbreak Pokemon sounds crazy and insane, but you know, I'm waiting for new like actual content uh, to go into it, to go back to it pretty much. Um, there is a gift that you could put in the code to get like 60 balls or 90 balls or something like that for free, which is cool. Um, especially ultra balls. I, I used ultra balls a lot. Um, Brilliant diamond, shining pearl, getting Oaks letter is cool because you can get shaman. Um, you know, I love those little events they do. Um, Pokemon uh, go. I haven't played that <laughs> since March, 2020. <laughs> But the ones I know that are holding that on do. for a really long time too. I, well, I stopped for a while, but my wife was still playing, and then I got back into it. Um, but then with the pandemic, I'm like, you know what? 
I'm not going to go out there and get a disease to catch a Pokemon. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so I, I said no. So I'm happy, though. There's uh, In the Premium Edition Discord, we have some players that are constantly sharing um, some cool stuff that they're catching. And, and you know what? There's still an audience. Uh, so that's awesome. And uh, Pokemon Unite, like I said, I still play that every day. Uh, the Full Fury battles are amazing. I absolutely love them. But it also allows you to be cheap because some moves are, you know, have a longer recast and to have it be like almost instant, you spam and be kind of kind of broken. But it's also hilarious at the same time. Uh, it's just a lot of fun. Hoopa is a really cool character. Uh, not one that I play because I don't usually play support, but has a really unique ability to create a portal um, that all other players can use to instantly warp to Hoopa's location. And I've seen people where like Hoopa will go like right to, you know, like an enemy base and like they try to defend and opens up the portal and then suddenly everyone jumps out of the portal and just ambushes them. Uh, it's really a lot of fun, especially in full in the, the full fury battles. Uh, I like it. I just I like playing that every day and I'm glad to see them constantly adding to the game. That's cool. That's cool. Greg, what do you think about the rest of these Pokemon announcements? To be honest, a lot of them I just felt like more like a pass because um, like Unite's like that free to play style game, so it was like the um, cafe type thing, and like those aren't ones that I'm like most interested in like kind of playing, and so just like it just feels like it's oh here's more login bonuses, here's more content just to try to keep you playing, and obviously that's those games are geared to do but um i don't really get a lot out of like trying to play some of these like daily grind games like those mmo type games and that's probably why i kind of stopped like unite after a while just because it just feels like it never ends and there's not really like a end game and it's i've played enough of it to get my fix on it i guess so yeah, yeah. so basically a lot of these announcements were just like those kinds of additions to the existing games and most of it was i guess just business as normal to me i mean mm-hmm. i'll probably log in to get the, the gift and pearl and diamond but that's because i have them and they're established games and probably be looking to get arceus in the coming weeks too so i'll be able to get that update those arceus updates so as well good. yeah yeah I'm, I'm with you uh with you guys as well like um it's cool that they're we're getting these updates but you know some of them i mean i think the i think the arceus update is is going to be really cool i'm interested you know i'm excited to see you know hear more about you know what that means and why and all that stuff and probably you guys that have played it you can, well, you can already tell me well yeah i can tell you outbreaks are already part of the game uh they really start happening after you beat the game and pretty much what it'll be is when you go to the map to choose one of your locations, it'll tell you like, oh, there's an outbreak of, let's just say Zubat in this location. So you go to that that map and you open up the map and it'll show you the, where the outbreak is. You don't have to find it. It shows you. And when you go there, you'll see four Zubats. And there's, they'll say like, you found the outbreak. And it, as you catch one, they, another one will instantly spawn. Or if you mm. beat one in battle, another one will instantly spawn. So what you do is you just doing that until eventually the outbreak stops and when you catch the last one it says outbreak is gone and uh and what people do is they use that for shiny hunting because the, the, the raid is up in an outbreak and and you have you know there's just so quick succession to spawn. now with alphas what alphas are are uh, something i really hope they actually bring into scarlet and violet alphas like in real life you'll have an alpha pokemon in a pack an alpha lion an alpha you know uh, you know, cheetah, whatever. Um, there's always like an alpha of the pack. 
And an alpha in, in the pack is significantly stronger, significantly better stats, uh, much bigger, like actually physically larger, has red glowing eyes and uh, intimidating music players. Uh, if you catch them, they're much, much better to use than a standard one. Uh, at least I felt felt they are. I mean, you could you could up the stats of, of other ones too, but to have an outbreak of alphas is just really crazy because alphas will aggro you from afar and and it's like a lot. And if you get a shiny alpha, which is even significantly rarer, you know the shiny hunters you get like the 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 stronger Pokemon and it's the rarer being shiny. Uh, people are gonna go crazy for this. And I found out recently that the shiny charm is in the game. I just never got it. Mm. You need to complete the Pokedex for every Pokemon oh. uh, to get the shiny. At least ten. You need like ten points for every Pokemon to get it. And I think I did like 140 Pokemon out of 241 or 242. So I'm like, ah, I'm not gonna go back and do that. Yeah. <laughs> but it is there. So if that's your thing, you get the shiny, and then uh, go go hunt. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah, uh, Jokester said he's never heard of Pokemon Unite. Um, it's a it's a fun game, but uh, you know we we talked about it in previous uh, episodes that both Barry and I get up, upset when you have like horrible teammates. It'd be nice to be able to scream at them and ask them what the heck they're doing. Um, but, oh god, uh, yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to because I kind of did fall away because of that reason, really. Um, but uh, I'm excited to check out um, this new new battle types and the new new Pokemon. Uh, Hoopa sounds interesting, so yeah, I'll probably check that out. I I don't know if I'll boot yeah. up Pokemon Go or not. Like it's this point where I'm like, I still have it, but it, it's been so long. Is it really worth it? But uh, yeah, I, you yeah. know it is because you know why they give you a lot of free stuff now. They give you way more more than before and hoopa okay. is if you play five matches a day for five days you get hoopa for free like okay. and you know in addition to other stuff but you get to use hoopa for you could use hoopa now but you get to permanently use hoopa for free without buying okay cool so cool that's 25 matches and then you do the full fury and just go to town and just have fun with it break the game yeah. <laughs> nice <laughs> well let's move on uh we also had an announcement just today um, East Asia Soft dropped another showcase and, uh, yeah, showed off, uh, several more games. I forgot to count. It looks like, uh, at first glance, I'm thinking, 14, I think. Oh, I was going to guess 15. So, uh, good estimates there. Um, but yeah, all, uh, all for Switch except for one, which is already on Switch. Um, but, uh, yeah, you, you'll see on the screen if you're watching the, the video version of the podcast, we got Seven Pirates H. Omen of Sorrow, Pretty Girls, Breakers, Splash Cars, Wife Quest, Thunder Kid, AO the Clown, Marble Maid, Z Warp, Pretty Girls Rivers, Divination, Wings of Blue Star, Neko Secret Room, and The Sorrow Virus. Uh, so, yeah, all games that are uh, pretty much all coming out this this spring, right? They're like, I think the you know, some of them are just spring, but others are spread across March and April. Um, I think Omen of Sorrow is the only one that just says 2022, um, but uh, all coming out for for the Switch um, and various other systems as well. Marble Made is the only, or actually Seven Pirates H are, uh, oh, I guess there's three on there. Uh, also Neko Secret Room, um, also just, uh, just a Nintendo Switch. I don't know if those games are already on other systems and then this is just the port or not. Um, but, uh, yeah, East Asia Soft's continuing to really promote Nintendo Switch games and, uh, get, get the, the independent developers out there and, um, 
you know, getting their games onto onto the Switch system. Um, so, uh, yeah, what do you guys think? Uh, did any games stand out to you guys as you were watching uh, this presentation? Um, it was a short presentation, so if you haven't seen it yet, um, if you're watching the video version, you're going to at least uh, see it. You may not hear it, but you're going to be able to see it on the screen right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, what did you see that stood out to you um, from these? And uh, what do you recommend other people check out as well? Um, let's go to you first, Greg. Um, I actually didn't even watch it until like just right before the podcast. So I did get a chance to go all the way through it. And um, it was pretty much just like only like a few games. Like the Seven Pirates H was kind of interesting. I think that was in a previous broadcast because that sounded familiar before I even started um, watching the video. Um, and then there was also like the Wife Quest looked pretty interesting because it's like a little platformer, like RPG kind of style game. And those I do really enjoy. So that looked like it was going to be a lot of fun um i did really appreciate the great variety i mean there's like car games and some other like types of like style like uh there's like a super breakout type game that was like playing on the screen and such so it's definitely quite a variety of games as well and that's what i really love about east asia soft is they're not just hyper focused on a single genre there's stuff to really fit lots of different interests and styles and whatnot Ryan, did you get a chance to to watch it, or uh, any any games stand out to you? Yeah, I checked this out. Um, I'm not super familiar with this publisher. I haven't played any of these games. It looks like they got like a few different series going on here. Uh, but that Thunder Kid that looks pretty cool. I like that perspective. I like the art on that. I think that looks neat. Um, this Ao the Clown one, like. I don't know. He was like playing this pretty rocking song in there. And I was like, why didn't they make like a rhythm game? <laughs> like why, why'd they turn this rocking clown into a platformer? That yeah. seems weird. That's true. Yeah. Uh, and this, that's a, uh, that's one that's already out on other systems. It's just, uh, or it's already out on switch. Right. And then that's being ported over to the other systems. Yeah. Is that correct? Barry? Yeah. So. Yeah. It's ready on switch. Yeah. Um, so Barry, is this going to be a lot of stuff for you to pick up? So, padding out your full switch collection <laughs> well it all depends uh you know on what goes physical <laughs> <laughs> it's true what uh what did stand out for you this one uh Never. well uh, uh seven pirates h and uh omen of sorrow i already have pre-ordered because those ones are coming physical from play asia and i'm sure some of these will come from like vgny soft uh down the road but uh, for me, Seventh Pirate H and Omen of Star both look really good. Splash Cards looks interesting. It almost reminds me kind of of like Tony Hawk graffiti mode, but with the cars. So that could be fun. Wife Quest looks like a lot of fun. Uh, Thunder Kid reminds me of like Space Harrier. Um, it does, yeah. So that could be, could be a lot of fun too with that. Uh, Marble Maid was interesting. I don't know if... It might stress me out a little bit, but it almost had like the Marble Madness monkey ball kind of deal going on, uh, which is cool. Uh, a couple of shmups. Um, the one I think that really gets me, though, uh, is the Sorrow Virus. That seems just like a uh, a really interesting tale. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's got multiple endings, you know, the visual novel style. Um, that one and uh, Divination also. Like the the fortune reading robot, where you get to tell pe- different people's stories, and you get to kind of give them good or bad fortunes, and you get to pick that. Depending on how that plays, that could be a lot of fun too. Yeah, 
that's true. Yeah, I uh, I was particularly uh, interested as well on uh, and the the sarovirus. It, it kind of caught me off guard. I think they were you know like just wrapping up and everything, and they're like, oh, we got this other thing. Uh, it's like this you know narrative story. It's you know from the different perspectives, and I was like, oh my gosh, oh I am, I am, I'm being pulled in right now and I was not expecting that. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, that one stood out to me. Um, Omen of Sorrow looks, uh, looks really interesting as well. I think, um, you know, it shows, I think Sorrow Virus and Omen of Sorrow are, are two of those games that I think I like them because they stood out from a lot of the other stuff that they tend to put out. Um, East Asia soft has a similar look to a lot of the games that they put out. Um, but, uh, those are ones that kind of stood out uh, among the rest. Um, I think splash cars just looks cool, but I also think it would have been cool in a night in maybe night 1995. Um, not so much in 2022. Um, Z warp, could be a cool shooter, but uh, that last shooter that we reviewed from East Asia Soft, me and you, Barry, um, it's got me skeptical. So it's not from the same developer, but I just, I'm a little gun shy on it. Um, and then what about uh, this one, Wings of Blue Star? Wings of Blue Star is is one that does stand in my It looks like our type, though. Like it's a, uh, it's our type clone, um, which could be a good thing. I'm a big fan of our type. Um, so like of the two wings of blue star is the one that, that definitely stands out. Um, the rest of them though, like, I don't know. I I'm personal stance. I just don't like, I'm not a big fan of the rest of the games that they keep pushing. Like it, it just seems like they're objectifying women a lot in these games and I'm not a big fan. Um, and so um just going to say that. Uh, so it just, it turns me off. It might be a fantastic uh, experience a play, a play experience, but uh, it just, it seems like they, they keep, they keep broadening the horizons and the other games they're able to put out like, wings of blue star which is really cool but then these other ones i i'm i'm just turned off by that so that's that's just my personal stance on that um but but stuff like yeah what you're seeing right now the, the sorrow sorrow virus is looks fantastic and i'm i'm really interested to see see where that goes one interesting thing that i the clown is actually a game i played really early in development at play nyc mm. i got to see that and talk with the developer uh, so it's really cool to see that the game got finished and it's brought to uh, you know the Switch and now coming to all platforms. Uh, so it's, it's for me, it's it's kind of like really nice because I got to see that at the start, and uh, it's one of the perks of this job that I love so much because I get to to see that. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I'm sure um, you know East Asia Soft has been. Um, uh, just a really big, uh, you know, unofficial, you know, partner, not an actual partner, but you know, we keep, uh, getting, they keep, you know, supplying us with, uh, game codes and giving us opportunities to, to review these games. So I'm sure several of these games will be, uh, on future podcasts and, and videos here on Nintendo Fuse on, uh, on YouTube and everything. So keep checking it out. Uh, yeah. Anything to, you guys want to say about the East Asia soft, uh, lineup, uh, before we move on to some headlines? Ah, I'm right. just happy that they're yeah. constantly putting out games. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, it's great. Cool. 
cool. Well, uh, yeah, we got a, a couple quick uh, headlines to go over. Four different uh, news stories. Want to make sure that you guys are aware of um, pretty much all of these, except for one. I think is on uh, NintendoFuse.com. So if you haven't checked out our website recently, please head over to NintendoFuse.com. We got some uh, a writing team that's killing it over there. Um, just letting you guys know all the new stuff. The news team uh, or all the news that's coming on in uh, the world of Nintendo. But uh, Greg, kick us off and let us know what's going on uh, with our sales number. Uh, for Nintendo. Yeah, so the NPD group had released the results for January 2022, the first year, and obviously it's been a little while since like we've kind of covered this kind of information. So they have the top 10 best sellers for the Nintendo Switch, with number one being um, Pokemon Legends Arceus, two is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, three, Pokemon uh, Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl, four, Mario Party Superstars, Five, Animal Crossing New Horizons, six, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, seven, Just Dance 2022, eight, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, nine, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, and ten, Super New Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe. Um, all fantastic games, and it's really great to see a wide variety of uh, games even there, even games released over time, like Breath of the Wild was a launch title, and it's still pretty like it was high up there for month of january so really good games to check out now in addition to nintendo killing it on the charts we've seen a lot of acquisitions happening uh, microsoft and sony both playing their cards and we've all wondered what nintendo's going to do so nintendo finally said hey i'm going to do an acquisition i'm going to pick up srd and you're probably like Who's SRD? <laughs> Just like most people. And SRD is Systems Research and Development Co. They have been working hand-in-hand with Nintendo for four decades. They have done a lot of work on Nintendo titles, including Donkey Kong, Super Mario Brothers, and Legend of Zelda. A lot of it was dealing with arcade ports back in the NES and constantly working behind the scenes to help with Nintendo. Uh, so it only makes sense for them to acquire them. Uh, it's kind of odd that they weren't fully, you know, integrated already, but they wanted to just fully integrate and get everything together. So there's Nintendo's big acquisition, a studio you've never heard of that's been doing Nintendo stuff for four decades now. <laughs> Moving on, um, Nintendo actually launched a new online store. So those of us that are not like Barry and can access the actual physical store. They have a new <laughs> digital store you can access on the World Wide Web that they named a My Nintendo Store, and you can access it from U.S. and Canada. And pretty much you can get order some physical goods that are like Nintendo themed, in addition to all the different games that are listed on like the Switch eShop and everything. So um, be sure to check out the store and order some of your favorite items and get some gold coins and enjoy uh, some Nintendo. Uh, swag. Yes, and while Nintendo does do something really cool with the Nintendo Store, they also do something not so cool. So since 2007, you would be missed to turn on an Evo tournament and not hear the words Super Smash Brothers, Melee, 4, Ultimate. They were at Evo for all these years and became a staple, probably the most watched game in the Evo tournaments. Now, Sony has purchased part of Evo. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. However, Nintendo has decided to not allow Smash Brothers at 
Evo 2022. They are doing some kind of their own tournament with another company, uh, but nothing has fully come out of it. But this is really disheartening because Evo is the king of fighting tournaments. And since 2007, it's been there in some iteration. Uh, what are you doing, Nintendo? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of weird, kind of weird for sure. Well, uh, yeah. Any any thoughts about these? Uh, as you guys just kind of formulating some thoughts, I'll just say um, I think uh, yeah, it's interesting that Nintendo's back in third place. So that was weird for January. I'm sure they may they may bounce back, um, but uh, they're still making lots of money, which is kind of crazy. Um, I think it's funny that I didn't uh, realize yeah when SRD you know when you're saying Barry like like system oh systems research and development i've heard them talk about that company so many times i just always thought it was a department of nintendo already like i really thought it was just you know oh that's the systems research and development department like i didn't realize it was a different company so it totally makes sense to for them to add it in there and uh yeah excited about checking out uh, my nintendo store I already have several time uh several things kind of on my wish list there of uh, some cool things and um yeah bummer about uh about evo uh for sure um ryan any thoughts around these stories so I did not know there was a Nintendo store and I pulled it up and I already want to buy several things. Right. <laughs> um, some of this other stuff, like, yeah, I, I wasn't too aware of the SRD. I heard about uh, that purchase this morning. If I remember right, like they got it for a screaming deal. They didn't pay like a ton of money for it. Right. Yeah, I think so. I, no. I can't remember exactly how much it was, but yeah, it, it was kind of a no brainer almost. The Evo yeah, thing confuses me. Like, go ahead. Well, I was just going to interject about the SRD thing. I don't think it was any like huge monetary amount, not like anything like uh, um, Bungie Soft or whatever those other ones that were acquired by Microsoft and Bungie Sony over the last <laughs> whatever. Eventually, <laughs> Bungie. Bungie whatever. went Sony actually. No, that's true. So. Yeah, and then the, uh, yeah, Ron, the Evo we... thing confuses me because I just don't know, like, is it up to them to say, like, well, we made this game, so no. Like, you just can't play it there? Like, they get that call? Or yeah, they just don't want to do. do anything sponsorship involved with it? They get the call. I think they, they do have a say because they had the cease and desist that they wanted to do for when they wanted to do Melee Online um, whatever, 2020. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, when mm -hmm. they were using that program so that they could play. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Yep. Yeah. It's... And that sucks, too, because it's, it's advertising. It's literally advertising for your product. And mm -hmm. you don't have to do anything. They're, you know, they're going to supply the games, so they're purchasing the games. They're going to play. They're providing the, the winnings. All you do is sit back and go, look how cool that is. You don't own it. You should buy it right now on the Nintendo Switch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think because it falls under like that thing, like why you can't just like um, get like a Blu-ray disc and just like broadcast it to like a theater of people. It always is like, oh, it's supposed to be private use only and you're not supposed to like, have like a, I don't know, like a 50-person party to like watch like a Blu-ray disc or whatever. So I know that the movies usually have that stuff on there, and that's probably why the game 
streaming games is like a big deal and you have to probably get the permission from like the publisher or developer or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting for sure. Uh, yeah. Greg, any, any further thoughts on any of these stories? Yeah. The, my Nintendo store is really cool. I really want to order some of those items and obviously like you, Steve, if somebody wants to buy me an item, I'd be more than gladly to accept it. So <laughs> that's right. Um, <laughs> Those coffee mugs look completely dope. I want to get all three of them mm-hmm. <laughs> for my coffee rack. Um, yeah, the Evo thing obviously stinks, and be nice that Nintendo would play nice and let the game be shown, but I guess that remains, remains to be seen if they're to actually do their own tournaments and whatnot. And mm-hmm. SRD thing, I guess, was almost kind of an expected juncture. If they've been working together for so long it seems those are the acquisitions this town goes after it's like next level games and stuff it's like studios that are already very prominent and part of nintendo's uh development process so mm-hmm. it makes perfect sense there yeah yeah barry what do you think i uh, like i said the, the the nintendo store is pretty cool um i'm i'm always happy when they bring physical goods back uh, i was really sad when they took club nintendo away and they just did some digital screensaver wallpapers uh it was just one of those things where it's like i like the phys- like e- not even talking physical games but you have the statues and you have the the t-shirts and you have like like you could be a digital gamer but you want the physical goods your coffee mugs and stuff you're still going to use that mm-hmm. you can't drink out of a digital game um <laughs> so, so to take it away is just it was so mind-boggling so i'm glad they're putting that back i'm glad they're realizing hey merchandise that that's a money maker uh, mm-hmm. welcome to the 70s uh <laughs> where where merchandise you know really started taking off you know or 60s even 50s yeah yeah dukes of hazard stuff they knew that why could, why are you just discovering this at this point <laughs> um so it's good to see that um the acquisition is always good um uh you know especially they worked so long it, it just makes sense at this point uh i'd like to see them pick up a couple other studios but at least it's something mm-hmm. and uh, the evo thing just annoys me I, yeah. I always enjoy watching smash at evo it's just for me it's just entertaining uh it's, it's the most fun you know because i'm not the best player of smash i can play casually and have some fun but to see these people on this competitive level it's just it's such an entertainment you know, like I'll watch myself and go, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm out of this fight. And I look at them and go, oh, they're out. And then they come back and win. Like, how yeah. do you do that? You know, it's just they're on a whole nother level. And it's just so much fun to, to watch them, to not be able to do that. Nintendo, it's like the whole thing with YouTube when they when they did the whole thing. Like, no, you can't show our games on YouTube and write reviews and, and do all this stuff and advertise for us for free. How dare you advertise? Because you might make five cents on the video and it's ours. They're advertising for you. Stop it, Nintendo. Stop. Free advertising <laughs> is free. It's good. Take it. Absolutely. But Nintendo's got a Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's really unfortunate. Just the, like, it, it, it kills the the momentum of the, of the, yeah. the whole com- competitive gaming scene around Smash. I mean, it's growing and growing yeah. and growing. And all of a sudden, it's just like, ah, we're going to just, you know, cut the, cut the feet out from under it. And now they need it more than ever because there's no more DLC characters. So now they use that to help sell more copies because you're not getting new announcements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What were you going to say, Ryan? Oh, so I found that uh, purchase price. So 
Oh. They bought SRD for 50 million yen. That's like $434,000. That's like a nice house. <laughs> Meanwhile, nice. Sony and Microsoft are dropping like, you know, tens of millions of dollars. Nice, nice. Millions. We could have, we could have bought millions. them. No. <laughs> yeah. Millions, sorry. <laughs> No, I couldn't have. But. Millions of dollars. I'm yeah. behind the times. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, well, uh, that's the that wraps up our news uh, discussion tonight. Uh, before we we move into our last section as well, uh, I just want to remind you once again: if you've not subscribed, uh, be sure to do that on your favorite podcast app or right here on YouTube as well. If you're watching the video version, um, or you know, subscribe to us on Twitch as well. Uh, we don't do a, a ton over there on twitch but uh we do some and um but definitely here on youtube uh hit that bell and uh share and like and all that stuff also follow us on social media at nintendo fuse on twitter instagram and facebook and uh connect to us on discord uh we'd love connecting with you and uh it's a great way to just join our our growing community um there on our discord again that link is in the show notes uh but also on the screen if you're watching the video version um but uh normally at this section we would uh, you know, I'd, I'd throw some stuff on the screen about, you know, what games are coming up over the next, uh, you know, couple weeks until our next podcast, uh, which, by the way, is March 14th is our next live uh, recording. And uh, Nintendo with their whole My Nintendo store, fantastic thing, but they kind of changed up their entire system. And so, uh, you know, hopefully by the next uh, one, we'll have a, an easy way to like display to you guys what the next upcoming games are and what those dates are. Um, it was really easy to pull that up before and just, you know, scroll on the screen. We talk about the upcoming games. It's not as easy to get that list anymore um, currently. So uh, we can't do that. But I do still want to ask the question, what are you guys hoping to play over the next couple of weeks? And if you, if any games that you know that are coming out over the next couple of weeks, uh, you know, pop in your head, um, be sure to, uh, to talk about those because, you know, when we make sure that our audience knows about some big games that are coming out over the next couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, Ryan, actually, we'll go to you first. What what are you hoping to play over the next uh, next few weeks? I mean, I'm free from the burden of having to do my new game's resolution. So it's all Elden Ring from here. And then, like, I mean, I've just been enjoying Game Pass so much over the last, like, six or seven months that, you know, whatever comes out on there, it's just so easy and nice to be able to just download it, give it a try, if I don't like it, it's whatever. It only took me five minutes to do, and, and I'm already on to the next thing. So whatever whatever comes out there, I think that wasn't there some good PS Plus games that just got dropped? I might check out whatever March has this month for that, too. Cool, cool. Yeah, I have. I haven't checked out the the PS Plus games in a while. I I stopped my membership a while back um, when they just kept giving me crap, and I <laughs> stopped. So I haven't I haven't paid attention to it recently. But uh, glad to hear it's gotten better. Um, Greg, what do you be uh, what do you be playing over the next couple weeks? Um, I'll definitely be checking out Triangle Strategy. I do know that will be out in the next like uh, this week, I believe. So. I still have the demo, the downloaded that I wanted to play and get through the first few chapters. I don't know if I'll have the game purchased before the next podcast. I certainly may, but um, if I don't get like, dive into that deeply, I was just telling Jakester I was looking to jump into Fire Emblem Warriors and get that knocked off my backlog in addition to Three Houses to get that also going as well before the new game comes out in um, June. So those will be 
main ones I'll be looking at for for the next podcast. Nice. Nice. Uh, go in the chat real quick. Jakester says that uh, Monster Hunter Stories 2, Earthbound, and Pokemon Legends is what he's going to be playing. So uh, if you haven't done so yet, please let us know what you're going to be playing in the in the chat room. Uh, Barry, what are you going to be up to? Um, my plan is to, between podcasts, hopefully finish Horizon Zero Dawn. I have no idea how much more I have to do, but I'm going to at least try to beat the main game and then try and do the DLC. Uh, how much I'll get to do of that, I don't know. Uh, still doing, you know, the daily stuff with Animal Crossing and Mario Kart Tour and Pokemon Unite and stuff like that. So we'll see. Uh, I'm coming down to a point in Final Fantasy XIV where uh, I'll be doing a little less each day, uh, just so I don't get the the burnout. So maybe I'll have a little more time, but we'll see. But that's that's my plan. There's the next big thing for me on Switch is most likely Kirby. So. Mm. I'll try and get through Horizon and maybe both games before Kirby. Who knows? Nice. I just need more time. <laughs> nice. Uh, Jokester also says uh, he's going to be playing Elden Ring and then after that, Horizon Forbidden West. So nice, nice. Um, I'm going to hopefully get a little bit away through uh, Life is Strange 1. Um, like I said, I'm going to be traveling, so that might be not as easy because um, I'll be traveling for like pretty much a week and away from my, my Xbox for a whole week. Um, with that um but with that being said like there's several games that i've downloaded on my switch um <clears throat> over the last couple of years that either were really cheap indie titles or games that i got review codes for that i haven't gotten around to yet so i'll probably you know just kind of cycle through all the games that i've got downloaded and and you know boot up a couple of those um i think i talked about last episode i do want to get into and actually play all the way through um earthbound at some point so maybe while i'm traveling that's that can be uh what i do um am i correct that when you first boot it up, you have to be connected to the internet, but then it doesn't do that check for uh, like a couple weeks, right? So I should I be able to play week, it every week. One back. week, okay. So I should be able to to play it on the airplane is the big thing. I don't have to have a constant internet connection. Okay, that's that's the big thing I was yes. checking with. Yeah, just make sure you're logged into the internet that day that you're going to the airport and log into the app. Cool. Cool. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Ryan, thanks so much for uh, for being with us on this episode of the Nintendo Fuse podcast. Uh, tell us once again about the game deflators, and uh, yeah, let us know you know anything else on your mind as we as we wrap up. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for having me on, guys. I am super happy to have been able to been on, uh, and we'll definitely have to have you guys back on. Uh, give somebody besides Barry a chance to come on and talk with us. Uh, you can check us out right here at uh, the Game Deflators. This is our. Uh, this is on Podbean. We've got all our different yep. episodes on here on Podbean. Uh, we got a website, thegamedeflators.com. You can find us on all our socials at the Game Deflators, except for Twitter because they don't like the, just at Game Deflators. Nice. Um, you know, we like to talk about video games and you know, kind of take that market approach on if you're buying for a collection, you know, is this a game worth checking out? So hit us up, let us know, let us know that you heard us here and that, you know, our friend sent you over. Cool. Cool. Yeah. And thanks so much for, uh, for being here once again, uh, Barry, you got anything big coming up? Yes, actually, it's very big right now. Ooh. And if you go to premiumeditiongames.com right now, you will actually see the big thing, Ooh. which goes live tomorrow 
at 11 a.m. Eastern. We have very special the Gamers for Gamers variant for Demons Tier Plus oh. is going live. There will only be 600 of them on the website, and they will be uh, the remaining 600 of them. There's only 1,200 total. Will be at conventions. This uh, is the same game as what we previously released with Demons Tier Plus. It has a brand new exclusive slipcover, which is just beautiful, as well as a exclusive dog tag. Uh, this is ten dollars more than than uh, a regular price because the ten additional dollars goes right to charity. Um, we are partnering with Gamers for Kids, which is a charity that goes to auction. Oh, go to goes to uh, like homeless shelters and orphanages, and sets up game rooms and delivers systems and games and stuff like that, and helps them set it up and helps them maintain it so that kids there can, uh, you know, become the next generation of gamers. Uh, so we're really happy to be partnering with them. Um, they're they're actually part of our team, and uh, we're going to be doing this for all of our releases going forward, we're gonna have exclusive variants. So if you're a variant hunter, um, this is right up your alley. If you're, uh, uh, you know, wanna give back to charity, this is great to help the next generation of gamers. And uh, if you're just a collector, there's very limited of these. Um, one nice thing is that we've upped the quality of our slipcases going forward. And this is the first release that's gonna have the updated slipcase. It's shinier, it's got foil, it's thicker, you know, so it's it's better quality cardboard. Uh, it looks amazing. I haven't seen it yet, but from everyone that has seen it, they say it's it's amazing. So this goes live tomorrow. Uh, so that will be March first at 11 a.m. Like I said, there's only going to be 600 on the web page. So uh, I can't say how long they're going to last. But if this is something that interests you, I would recommend you picking up sooner versus later. Otherwise, you could track us down at one of our many conventions, and uh, and uh, Gamers for Gamers will have it at their every convention they're at until they're sold out. Cool, cool, that's awesome. I already got people in the chat saying that they're going to be uh, they're looking forward to uh, to getting it. Uh, Greg, anything big happening in your your neck of the woods? I mean, buried age told you what's happening in a premium edition. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean. Obviously, he, he's a little bit more deeper dive into the no than I am right now. But yes, I am a part of Premium Edition, so I'm obviously very happy to see this coming out. And hopefully, I might be able to secure my own copy of one as well. So that'd be great to add to my collection that will be growing over time as well. So nice. One thing I did discover in Nintendo Store, I thought would be very newsworthy to point out at the very end um they put the they put a date on the mario kart dlc so like i previously said i beat like the dlc before it came out apparently the first wave will be coming out on march 18th mm. so it won't be before the next podcast but it'll be the friday after that next podcast so that'll be something to pretty look forward to and i haven't seen any reports on that being listed or known out there so i guess exclusive temporarily for right now until more people find it yeah cool Cool. Yeah, looking forward to that uh, DLC too, and especially that it's uh, going to be free for you know, the expansion pack. Um, that's pretty pretty awesome. I already told my my wife about it, and she's like, "Oh, can we play it?" I'm like, "You got to wait. It's not out yet, but yes, we can play it." Um, so it'd be it'd be yeah, fun. So it's just a little bit more than two weeks away to be able to play Coconut Mall again. And nice. <laughs> Coconut Mall is what I came to my came to my mind as well. <laughs> I played that so many times on Wii, so it's great. Oh, well, uh, yeah, Ryan, thanks again. Be sure to check out the Game Deflators podcast um, and uh, 
listen to uh, to him and John talk all about games over there. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in to the Nintendo Fuse podcast. If you haven't yet, uh, be sure to subscribe and uh, share this with other Nintendo fans that are out there and gamers that you know. And be sure to, to uh, join us for our live recordings. We love interacting with you uh, in the chat room throughout the entire show. So thanks to all of you guys that uh, joined us in the chat tonight. We had a full chat that was just talking up a storm. We didn't even get to refer to all of what they said because they were just uh, talking so much. It was just awesome. Uh, so much community there and uh, continues on in our Discord. So join us there. But uh, yeah, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Until then, happy gaming, everybody. Have a good one. See you guys next time. See you.